Well, in Southeast Agnet's Ag and Review for the week ending July the 18th, it may seem like a broken record, but Waters of the U.S. was still in the news this past week as a new bill was introduced in the U.S. House called Waters of the United States Regulatory Overreach Protect Act. It's designed to halt any action of the Environmental Protection Agency and the Army Corps of Engineers regarding the proposed definition of Waters of the U.S. The bill is sponsored by Florida Representative Steve Sutherland. The EPA and the Corps of Engineers are engaged in a brazen effort to upset a successful federal-state partnership that has regulated America's waters for more than 40 years. The basis for this partnership is a mutual understanding that not all waters are subject to federal jurisdiction that states have the primary responsibility for regulating waters within their own boundaries. The bill, headed to the full House, forces EPA to work with states on future water rules and would halt EPA's separate interpretive rule to limit exemptions for some ag conservation practices. Now, we told you last week that more than 90 ag organizations had submitted comments asking EPA to withdraw recent guidance concerning when farmers must seek Clean Water Act permits for a long list of normal farming activities near wetlands. One of those groups was the National Cattlemen's Beef Association, and their immediate past president, Scott George, talked about how important it is for producers to comment on this rule. The producer comments are tremendously important. Uh, you know, it's, it's great for an organization to submit comments, but when you have a producer that's intimately involved and, and directly affected, it carries a lot of weight. We, we need producers to be able to get in here and comment on this. They need to look at their operations and realize how they might be affected. Uh, and they need to step up and speak up because an individual voice is, is so powerful with these Washington uh, bureaucracies. Joining NCBA as a part of those 90 ag organizations submitting comments to the EPA was the National Milk Producers Federation, National Pork Producers Council, and the American Farm Bureau Federation. Also this week, Tyron Spearman reported on the fact that the peanut checkoff was approved in Alabama. Peanut producers in Alabama have approved the continuation of their peanut checkoff program. The vote was 100% in favor of the support. Under state law, the checkoff programs must be voted on every three years. They had 25 polling sites uh, located in 21 counties where peanuts are produced in Alabama. Alabama is the second largest producing state in the nation. And Carl Sanders said, I know the board of directors shares of my appreciation. The checkoff program funds many research and educational activities that would not exist without this program. I'm Tyron Spearman for Southeast Agnet. And did you know recent research efforts through the beef checkoff have been underway using aging methods on beef value cuts? Dwayne Johnson, animal science professor with the University of Florida in Gainesville, has been involved with beef value research for quite a few years, and those efforts continue. Most people are aware that meat or beef specifically is aged prior to consumption for a period of time to enhance tenderness and flavor. And that can occur in a bag, which is called wet age versus dry age, which is really just kind of the way we used to do it in the old days, just hanging in a refrigerator or in a cooler. And usually the dry aging only used now for real high-quality cuts and only usually in white tablecloth venues. And what we wanted to do is see if you could dry age some of those value cuts that have been identified, and we specifically compared a muscle out of the chuck, the triceps brachii, which we call the clawed heart, to some middle meat cuts like the strip loin and the sirloin and dry aged them under different parameters and surprisingly found that that clawed heart was very similar to the sirloin after a 28-day dry aging period. 
And Dr. Johnson was pleased with the results from this aging research. What we'd like to see is someone take those lower, less expensive portions of the carcass like the clawed heart and apply some of this aging technology and maybe upscale that cut and really improve on the offering to the consumer so that they can have a more pleasing experience, eating experience at maybe a value price. And to wrap up this week's podcast, Everett Griner had a commentary titled Agra-Terrorism. You know, most of us think of terrorists as somebody with a long beard living in Pakistan or Iraq. Fact is, we have thousands right here in our homeland. What about the Boston Marathon? Now, imagine those same two in one of our Midwestern states with millions of bushels of grain in storage. What I'm getting you to is, is our country food supply adequately protected? Studies show maybe half of it is. What about the other half? How much damage could be inflicted? How many people would be impacted? How many terrorists would it take? These issues raise several questions. One is, are we doing anything to protect our agricultural assets? The answer is yes, but perhaps not enough. Are we working on it? Yes, but is that enough? That's something that we all need to think about. Don't forget, you can find these stories along with all of our reports from this past week on our website, southeastagnet.com. I'm Randall Wiseman for Southeast Agnet.